Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ. In our series, Identity Theft, we'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. The Father depicts Satan. Kind of, in my mind, draws a picture of him. Kind of draws a picture and reveals this picture to the world. So the word of the Father came to the prophet Ezekiel, great name, particularly if it was Ezekiel Stephen. That was for you. Ezekiel. The word of the Father came to the prophet Ezekiel, communicating an accurate description of the enemy, who is Satan, of course. When reading about the leader of Tyree, you're actually reading about Satan. Tyree means rock in Palestine. You have no idea how significant that is to me. So when I think about Satan being the highest among all the evil leaders that have ever been born, ever will be born, and if there's one single religion we can tack on to him, because since he will run the world religion for a little while, if this is what the name means, What religion is it? He will be the leader of the Islamic nation. There will be three primary religious groups in this war. There will be Jews, and those have been grafted into the Jewish body. Who's that? Us. There will be the descendants of Ishmael, the sons of the king of Tyre, And who's the third? I was paging through an art book over the weekend, and I very quickly counted how many pictures in art that are directly associated with the Catholic Church. There was only four that I recognized out of the whole book that were not Catholic. That's your group, folks. You've got this Catholic European group. You have the Jews and you have the Islamic people. That's as simple as I can make the end times for you. It's being revealed. He's showing you a a painting of this king and what religion that he belongs to. Might be a good thing to look at. You Might look at the news a little different tomorrow night. So since Tyree means the rock in Palestine, in Hebrew, leader means commander. Satan was and is the commander of the Palestinians, Ezekiel 28.2. Satan's heart was lifted and he said, 
I am God. I sit in the seat of the gods in the heart of the seas. You have to understand Revelation again to understand what that means because that dragon beast is coming out of the sea. Will it be a real dragon beast? I'm afraid so. The only beast that survived the flood. Now we have fossils all over the world of these dinosaurs being destroyed by the flood. Well, guess which ones didn't die? He's painting a picture for you connecting Ezekiel over to the book of Revelation, which is a duh. And it's being revealed that there shall come. He is the king of these beasts. These beasts are going to be possessed by demons. Powerful demons. And now you get to see the picture of the book of Revelation. That everyone goes, it's so difficult to understand. All these creatures and beasts flying and coming out of the water. You're not reading your Bible. You should always read Ezekiel, Daniel, and Book of Revelation together as if they're sisters. The Book of Revelation is bringing closure to what was given to the old prophets. And he's painting a picture. Because we happen to think in pictures. Every word I give you, your brain is required by God to paint a picture inside your mind. You don't think in words. That's tree of knowledge stuff. You think in pictures. That's why the original Hebrew language was pictorial. That's why Jesus drew pictures on the ground. He was drawing Hebrew pictorial pictures for the scribes because they knew what it meant. It's pictures. He's drawing us a picture. That will help you a great deal in understanding the book of Revelation. He tried to make his heart like the heart of the Father. Satan simply used his wisdom and understanding to acquire power and riches. The scriptures reveal to us that Satan is a god of wealth and materialism. What is the drive in the Western civilization? Making sure you have a retirement package. And making sure that you're secure and safe and you won't have anxiety attacks when you're in your 80s. Why do we have to do that? Because we've all blown it and we don't live by Hebrew laws anymore so we don't have our children taking care of their parents. Better get a retirement plan. Better pray the economy holds for when you are in your 80s. That's what we do. Satan uses his little drive of materialism and he puts that drive into humans, indwelt or not, makes no difference. Because in the money is where you find the man's identity. It's true. For your heart is where your 
treasures are. That's satanic. Jesus warned us of this. To exit in poverty is the greatest honor on the face of the earth, and even Catholics know that. Not security. But let's move on. Since God the Father does not share his throne, you can use throne as riches, you can use throne as wealth, you could use throne with anything that is associated with power, royalty, and kingdom. So he does not share his throne with anyone. Satan had to be thrown from heaven immediately after he lifted himself up. Or even touched the chair. Do you remember what would happen if one of them touched the Ark of the Covenant? I'm talking about they're just you know going along and they hit a bump and their shoulder touches the Ark of the Covenant. They were they had to be put to death. They had to stop, stop the whole caravan, and the guy on the back right of, of, of the Ark of the Covenant had to be put to death ritualistically. Then they had to appoint a new servant of the presence of God and pick up the Ark of the Covenant and continue the caravan. Well, that's weird. That's a murderous God. No, it's not. It is the symbol of heaven that nobody touches the throne of the living God. Nobody, not even his own son, had that privilege until the price had to be paid. That's why no one got to come before the presence of God until Jesus approached his father face to face after the ascension. Everyone was put in this paradise. It's why the Catholics call it purgatory. It was a temporary holding tank for true, obedient believers. Jesus had to be the first to stand in the presence of God the Father. Then the saints were gathered forward from the Old Testament and even what was of the New Testament at the time. Nobody touches the throne of God except for God. So Jesus being God and all the Godhead was put back into Jesus after the crucifixion, guess what prerogative Jesus got? He got to kick his father off the throne. No, he was given a throne at the right hand of the father. His own throne. Oh, and then after the Holy Spirit descended upon the earth to seek out all the believers who wanted to be indwelt, called Pentecost. Then we were possessed by the Holy Spirit, and then, according to Colossians chapter 3, we were raised up and seated at the right hand, the right hand of God. You're going to see three chairs. The big boy, the medium boy chair, and the little chair, the three little bears. Yeah, or the, 
That's what you're going to see. The bride of Christ sitting at the right hand of Jesus. Then you've got Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you have the Father who will share his throne with nobody. So you've got to understand why Jesus has such power over Satan. You have to understand that Satan has no power here on earth just as he had no power in heaven. And if he touches what belongs to God, he's in trouble. It will not be un or left not to be dealt with. Satan's going to have his butt kicked. Not too bad, though. I'm certain, pretty certain that God's got some way that he could permanently deal with Satan and he just wouldn't exist anymore. I think he's got that power. But that's not what happens. He belabors him with every oppressive thing he put upon the bride of Christ all those years. He puts it on him. What he stimulated judgment for is what he gets judged for. That's why Jesus said, judge not my brethren, lest you be judged in the like fashion. And if you're gossiping right now, you better stop right now. Because it'll come back on you and ruin you. It's the design from heaven. This throne thing is huge. So when Satan rised up to try to touch, take the position of the Father, he was thrown out so fast, a bolt of lightning couldn't catch up with him. There is no forgiveness for him. And anyone who joins him as calling Satan your daddy, there's no forgiveness for you. You will go to hell. Now, but you have some time between what you're hearing right now and the time that you die, that yes, you can receive the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit into your life, become born again, and become one of the members who goes on for eternity on that third chair, the Bride of Christ. But if you're stubborn to the end, since stubborn is one of the names of witchcraft, doomsday awaits you with your daddy without forgiveness. There will be no forgiveness for you standing in judgment line. It's done and over. There's no kindness. There's no love. There's none of this emergent stuff that you've been touting in your books, in your newspapers, and on your world news. It will not save you. You have a small time window for you to receive the power of the indwelling life of Jesus. And if you do not receive it, there's no forgiveness for your sins. 602-292-2982. Contrary to most teachings, the original sin did not take place in the Garden of Eden. It occurred in heaven when Lucifer, now Satan, attempted to take the role of the Father. God's punishment of Satan was taken away. All the children, God's punishment of Satan was taking away all of the children he had stolen. 
making him fatherless. Because even in his doomsday, his pit of hell, he won't be with his followers. Lonely destination. There's no suffering worse than being fatherless. Therefore, God promises to be a father to the fatherless. And that was a pretty big deal for God to make clear to us up front. So Satan's past life, here we got it. When Satan was in heaven, he was an anointed. When you're anointed by God, there's a lot of power given to you. And every indwelled believer has an anointing. So there's lots of power available to you and through you. He was one of these anointed angels. He had a very special job that he had to fulfill. Anointed, meaning stretched out. It's wings. Either wings of protection or wings of revealing oneself. Demons reveal themselves and God's protectors cover. That's why it says that love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't gossip about them. It doesn't spread them. It doesn't multiply them. It covers. So God's angels cover. Demons show their chest. And that's what Satan did here. And it created quite a stir. So when Satan was in heaven, he was an anointed, stretched out cherub, a winged angel who stood over the mercy seat throne of God, who covers. So if you can just imagine those wings covering the throne of God, that's probably a pretty special position. Pride is soon to be born. He was originally blameless in all of his ways until unrighteousness was found in him, Ezekiel twenty-eight fifteen. Because of the abundance of his trade, merchandise, violence filled his heart. With his violence in his heart, he decided to pull his wings back to expose the Father. Let's just lift up the Ark of the Covenant, see what's in here. Go ahead. You're dead. There's no grace, there's no forgiveness. Go ahead. You're dead. It's been a rule of God's from the beginning, way back before the earth thing. Go ahead. You're dead. Well, this was not a bright thing to do. I have no clue what he was thinking. Maybe pride blinds our thinking. Because of this act of exposing God, the Lord pro profaned him and removed him from the mountain of the Father. Satan became fatherless. So guess what his big goal is on earth? To make us all fatherless. So what did God do? Oh, you got a good one over me on that one, Satan. Ooh, I'm not sure what to do. No, he said, I will be a father to the fatherless. It's this bastard, and I'm using it in the biblical definition. He is fatherless. He has no daddy. He is a true bastard. 
Whereas most people here on earth who don't have a father really do. You understand that? So his whole mission is to create fatherless children. Children that don't honor their fathers and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's done a pretty good job. And our millennial generation is showing the results. Here's our identity matter statement for today. There is a chance that this present generation just might be the group that sets the stage for Generation Z. In my new book that I just finished, and uh, it's gone through its third editing process, it's really reading nicely, and it'll be off to the publisher soon, but it's Faithful Father and the Bride of Christ Refuting a New Kind of Christianity. And in there I have a whole chapter addressed just on the statistics that are presently available on Generation Z. The scary thing about it is mankind's final generation just might be Generation Z. It just might be. Someone asked me if I bet my life on that, and when it comes to prophecy stuff, I'm a little bit queasy about saying something too dogmatically because there's a lot of stones on the ground. But this I will bet my life on and do. Jesus is coming, and it could be tonight. We don't know when that hour is. Jesus himself, being the Son of God, who is God, he doesn't even know. Why? Because his spiritual authority figure said, I'm not telling you yet. I'll give it to you that very hour. So here Jesus has got to wait for the very hour his father says, go now. What's the logic in that? I don't know. He probably doesn't even know. Jesus is not all-knowing. He's all-knowing except for that one thing we're told. Could be more, I don't know. But that one thing we are told, he does not know. There's a whole issue of authority. There's a whole issue of commissioning. There's a whole issue of, of God the Father that he wants us to keep in place and never touch it. Well, I will say this. With this principle, I will spend the rest of my life. I'm going to go out like a bang. And every time I say that, my side hurts. I mean, I got, I got hit again this year. This is worse than last year. Even though last year I had three of the bombs hit me in three different places. But this one just won't heal. And it broke skin and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we were just like fireworks and I backed up plenty. I, I saw the picture that Shannon took. And this time, the canister blew out from the bottom. And guess where that thing took off to? Right at me. So, that to say, I do want to go out like that. Like a bomb. Making a loud noise. And as everyone was laughing at me, saying, boy, could you dance. Well, that's a good one, too. 
We need to leave. We need to exit this world with our children and grandchildren and spiritual children and strangers saying, you know, I don't know what that lady had, but man, she was on fire for Christ. Or I don't know what that preacher had, but he was constantly on fire on 4th of July. (laughs) God is revealing his revelatory work that is already done. We have a tendency to look at it as unfulfilled prophecy. He's not in our clock. He has his own timeline. And it is finished. And I just need to stay in tune with the fact that nothing new is going to happen under the sun because it's finished. It's on the timeline. So releasing the Holy Spirit is lining up with the timeline of the living God and ignoring our human clock. To know we're going to go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. But these bodies are bound by the clock. When the time is done, they drop. But the soul and the spirit go on and on forever that way and forever that way because eternal life is Christ's life and eternal life is Hebrews 13.8 forever that way and forever that way. So I have a brand new pass. So when this body drops and I enter through those pearly gates, as the Lion of Judah said to Jack tonight, everything's new. We thank our listeners for listening tonight. I really do appreciate those of you who are bold enough to send a text. Although I got more phone calls this past week than texts, Appreciate if you would stick to the text because I'm able to uh, respond to you quicker. And those of you who would like to do the email thing, go on our website. Our email address is there. Or you can uh, text me and ask me for the email address because a lot of people don't like to use text. It's just too much to put into a text. So I understand that. But please contact me if you have questions or maybe you are inspired by the Holy Spirit to share something. Uh, That's what I really like. So we appreciate having you join us. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.